Welcome to Cartridge Command, your weekly retro gaming podcast where we discuss and review the classic and not-so-classic games of the 8- and 16-bit era. I'm Nick. And I'm Eric. And this week's game is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2, the arcade game for the NES. TMNT 2, the arcade game for the NES, was developed by Konami and published by Ultra in North America in December of 1990. I'm not sure who published it in Japan, but it also came out in December of 1990. Okay, man. It was then released as Teenage Mutant Ninja Heroes, the arcade (laughs) game, in Europe in November of 1991. Ouch. Yeah, always having to wait just a little longer. I know it gets better, but I mean, I guess... Teenage Mutant Ninja Heroes weren't, as, or I'm sorry, Teenage Mutant Hero Turtles weren't as popular. You know what I mean? You'd think they would want to get it out right away. Yeah, I think I missed, said it as well, but you're right. Uh, the, the fad was only going to last so long, but I guess it just took longer than they expected to scrub the word ninja off of so many parts of the game. <laughs> I guess. Now, of course, this is a port of the phenomenal and super popular Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles arcade game. Oh, yeah. And that arcade game came out two years after the launch of the show. Okay. Or its very first airing. So, you know, right in the height of Turtle Mania. Oh, yeah. Um, I <laughs> I was super pumped when I first saw it myself. Yeah, it, it really blew my mind. Like, when I first saw the intro to the game, I was like, the, the fact that the audio was so awesome and you saw so much motion in that attract screen, I it blew my mind. Yeah, and, and it just looked so good. You know, it looked so it, similar to the cartoon. Like, they nailed it. Yeah, the sprite work in that game is amazing. Now, this is, of course, a stripped-down version of that game mm-hmm. uh, in, in lots of ways, mainly in controls, of course, the graphics and the sound, but it mm-hmm. does add some things. Yeah, you get a couple extra levels, right? And in addition to those levels, we have uh, three new bosses, and one of those replaces a boss in the arcade. Okay, yeah, it has been quite a while since I played the arcade. I'll point those out to you because I just played it Ooh, myself. Nice. Now, the NES version of the arcade game uh, has really never been re-released. Yeah, is that just a a licensing thing or? Yeah, probably. And I mean, if you're going to license one version of this game, you're going to license the arcade one. (laughs) Right, right. Yeah. Uh, I guess they were working on getting it for the Wii Virtual Console, but it never actually appeared. Hmm. Now, the arcade version was ported and re-released a few times. It was famously on the Xbox 360 where it was delisted and pulled from the store. Yeah, I I know a friend who lost it, like, after he got it. Yep. It sucks. It does indeed. Uh, But also, more interestingly, it was a secret unlockable in a game called TMNT2 Battle Nexus. Okay. I'm not familiar with that game. I think it was out on the Wii and that era of systems. Okay. And then, uh, more recently, it is available as a one-up arcade cabinet. Their little uh, mini scale, and it is a four-player home arcade version. Wow. And how big are those? Like, wouldn't that be kind of tight trying to fit four people? Uh, They do have on the four player versions. I know the control board is expanded, so it comes out further than the cabinet itself. Okay, but yeah, it would be. I mean, as uh, you know, being a grown man and trying to play a four player arcade game, even on a full size cabinet like we did last time we went to Galloping Ghost. Yes, it is very tight when you're not uh, 12 years old anymore. Yeah, it's Yes, yes, it is. It's crazy. So I can't imagine on a smaller system <laughs> it being any better. I mean, maybe if you're, you know, little kids, you know. Yeah. 
Well, Nick, what kind of game is TMNT 2 the arcade game? It is a side-scrolling beat-em-up. Yes, it's a classic <laughs> brawler. Yeah, And on yeah. the NES, it's really distilled down to its most basic of roots. Indeed. In this game, though, you can jump. Yeah, a pretty uh, tall jump as well. You can jump anywhere. And uh, the great part is, is you're never asked to do anything with that jump besides jump around. There's no no gaps, <laughs> no platforms. Yeah, unless you're just trying to get away from enemies or, you know, that's about it for me. Now, the downside uh, of playing this on the NES is it has less attacks than the arcade version. Yes. You have your jump button and you have your attack button and it is just like a, a swing. Yeah, you get an attack with and it and it's pretty much exactly the same across all four turtles. And I was going to ask you, I have seen conflicting evidence of there being differences in their strength or speed. See, I I played with a few different, you know, I, I was specifically using Raphael and like Donatello or Leonardo to check the range, you know, because mm -hmm. I was like this, it's, it, you know, and it didn't really, they all seemed the same to me, you know? Um, yeah, I played a two player. We didn't notice a difference. At least on the NES. Yeah. Right. I know in the arcade game, there is a difference. So I wasn't sure if that's just people misreporting it or me not noticing it. Gotcha. Now, in addition to your standard swing attack, you do have a jump kick. Yeah, it's a diving jump. Yeah, so whenever you're jumping, once you hit the attack, you then, you know, dive down with your kick at a nice, uh, it's a pretty decently low angle, and it is a stronger attack than your normal weapon. Yeah, see, I had read also that there, one of the differences between this U.S. release and the Japanese release is that in the Japanese version, not only is the kick as strong as one of your special attacks, Mm -hmm. or the jumping kick, uh, it also, you can start your dive anywhere in the air. Here in the U.S., it's like you have to get to the top and be coming down to do, you know what I mean? You can't like hop up right. and then do a kick right away, but you could in the Japanese version. I don't know how much more useful that would be because well, I never I mean, had any trouble like getting that kick to work against a guy. No, no, I, I'm mainly it's the strength of the kick where I'm like, no, like, because right. I barely even tried to use jump kicks unless it was a boss that was slightly better for, you know? Oh, well, then I'm guessing it's because you spent 95% of the game using the other attack. I did, yes, your special attack. And this is an attack that I saw written out as hitting both buttons at once, but I don't think that's true. No, it's like you have to jump and then attack a split second later. Yeah, for me, it was like a roll of the buttons is the way I would describe it. Okay, yeah, yeah. I roll my thumb from one to the other. Mm. And See, it takes my little a little while to get used to, but... Well, you hold your controller like a freak, so. Oh, only in some games, but this was one. I bet you did, because I figured you could get it off easier. You know, this game, I honestly feel like this might have been the genesis of holding my controller that way, because it's so, I was like, no, I, I really, I got this rhythm down, like it came right back to me, so, I don't know. Well, if it makes you feel any better, I was watching the Netflix documentary series about video games, and the Sega Genesis champion also holds his controller like you that they feature, so. Okay. Yeah, see? Yeah. But this uh, special attack it takes a little while to get used to, but once you do, you'll be using it nonstop because it is way overpowered. Yeah, you can kill, you know, most of the time, say a foot soldier would take two hits with your normal stuff to kill, but here it's just one special attack. It'll kill any, most of the, like, normal enemies, so to speak, in one hit. Yeah. So really, it's just a lot of learning how to do this and then doing it to everyone that comes along the way. 
Yeah, and it's kind of a sh- a, a shallow jump and uh, kind of a bat or swing with your weapon. You just kind of hop up and smack it does look good. to one direction. Yeah, 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 it does. But in addition to those two attacks, uh, uh, it does bring from the arcade game the ability to attack items and then send them flying across the screen. Yeah, your uh, parking cones. Fire parking hydrants. Cones. Yeah, yeah. Candlesticks, street signs, that kind of stuff. Yeah. And then also, um, in accordance to Brawler Law, there are barrels laid out all throughout the world that if mm-hmm. you hit them, <laughs> will smoke and then explode. Yeah, so keep clear of those once you hit them. Yeah, your goal is to always try to get three guys dead with one, but I've never been able to get more than two. I haven't either. I'm That's actually a personal goal. <laughs> yeah, I barely ever was able to hit enemies with this, you know? Like uh, you- yeah, I mean... They they come for you, and you don't want to be there when they blow up, so it is tricky. Yeah, yeah. Now, in this version, you do have health. Yeah, you have a life meter with, I don't even remember how many bars it has. Ten? It has maybe? a few. <laughs> and it's nice because not every attack is uh, one bar gone. No, I tried to kind of pay attention, but sometimes you get hit, you'll lose a bar. Sometimes you'll get hit three times from different enemies. I think they all have different attack powers that, at some denomination, add up to a life bar. Yeah, and then you can refill this health by finishing a level, which is the most common way, or to find a pizza, which I think I only saw two of them in the game, maybe three. Not a lot, yeah, and it's just a slice of pizza fills you up all the way. I was really hoping to see more pizza slices throughout this game. Yeah, uh, me too. There are plenty of ads for Pizza Hut, but not a lot of their pizza laying around. I want that Pizza Hut. Now, in addition to health, you do have lives in this game. That's right, you start with three. Mm Mm-hmm. And, and you, have- you get new ones at every 200 points? Yes. And you just get one point per enemy. Is that correct? Uh, as far as I could tell, yes. Yeah. It was kind of annoying because my son was playing with me, and he was always like 20 to 30 points ahead of me. <laughs> <laughs> How have you killed more guys than I? Yeah, and that's... I never caught up. Because, yeah, well, that's the that's a tricky part about the two players. You know what I mean? Just splitting all the kills, kind of. Yeah, and to note, that is another thing that makes this uh, home port great, is that it is a two-player game, simultaneous. Yeah. yeah. And in addition to being two players, they do increase the amount of enemies you play when you are two players. Oh, they do? Okay, I, I was curious. Now, when you die, if you are playing two players, you can steal lives from the other. Yeah, Konami classic there. Yeah, I I like that. It's a, it's a nice feature, especially when you're playing with someone that's not at the same skill level. Oh, sure. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's just like as a kid and you're playing with your friends sometimes, you know what I mean? It oh, caused a few arguments. I won't lie. For sure. For sure. And in this game, you can also continue. Yeah. You get three. Mm-hmm. I think. And I don't think you can get any more. No, it's just three and three and done. But most importantly, this game does have a couple codes. Uh, yes, it does have uh, a 10 life code, I think. Right. It's 10 nine. or nine. Yeah. Um, and you got to put that code in fast. Yeah, yeah, you do. Um, I forgot about that. I do remember the 10, the extra lives code, but there's also like a level select code. Yeah, I didn't, I didn't really. Tr- I didn't get that one to work. I didn't, I didn't try it. very hard. Gotcha. I did use the uh, spoiler, the nine lives code, but in retrospect, I probably could have gotten away with not. Yeah, maybe. I mean, yeah, it's it's really not too tough. All right, Nick, this is Konami and Konami game with a ton of artwork available to it. Mm-hmm. Did they pay 
any of the money needed to get the licensing rights to use that artwork <laughs> in their manual. Um, well, I mean, they definitely have a lot of artwork, but it does not appear to be official TMNT. You know what I mean? Oh, that, that might be even better. So, and it's, you know, there, there's quite a bit of it. The, at least there's a full, there's like a four page enemy section. Okay, cool. And, you know, they look fine. Um, it is only, it's 17 pages. So pretty slim here. Mm -hmm. It's uh, black and white. And you do have a few screenshots in the level preview section which they call the screens of the crime. So yes, this is a Konami game and it is full of cheesy alliteration and puns and stuff. So awesome. Yeah, that's cool. Um, does this go into the story at all? It does. And really the it, only interesting part of that is that it does reference Shredder being crushed in a garbage truck. So this references the film and that this takes place after it. Well, I did glance at this manual. I'm not going to lie. And uh, the one thing I noticed that cracked me up was that Starts out by like talking about how horribly crime ridden and awful New York City was. <laughs> yeah. Well, you know, it was 1990. It was a grim time. I guess. I mean, I thought like you know the 90s was like the turning point of like the grim dark New York. So <laughs> yeah, and I mean, this is a very short manual, so it's like it's okay, you know. Um, well, there really isn't a ton to go over, so I can understand that. No, there isn't. <laughs> So, Nick, what was your personal history with TMNT, the arcade game, and then this NES port of it? Well, uh, I loved the arcade game. I didn't get to play it as often as I could, but, you know, it was a game that I heard stories of before I encountered it. People were like, oh, my God, it looks awesome, just like the cartoon. And I saw it, and I was I they were right, you know? Yeah, I mean, I was floored by it. I was lucky enough to be a weekly arcade goer, uh, thanks to divorced parents, <laughs> and nothing to do with your kid on Wednesday nights. So... When I saw this for the first time, my mind was just blown. And it was, you know, I would usually pick a game and play it till beaten. Mm -hmm. And I remember being so into this game, I had to get my dad to let my best friend come with me so we could play it together. Oh, yeah. Because it was just amazing. And, you know, it was one of those weird games where four players, you usually weren't there with a friend or two. So you're always playing with randos and everyone mm -hmm. loved this game. Yeah, yeah. It was super popular, man. And so, you know, like many kids, I was a little disappointed at first when I got the original TMNT, but, you know, I was clued into the Nintendo Power Pipeline, so I knew this was coming and yes. was pretty excited for it. And then I remember renting it, yeah, at least once, maybe two or three times. I, I'm pretty yeah. sure I beat it, but I don't have any specific memories. I also rented it, but, you know, the Super Nintendo was looming large on the horizon. Oh, sure, yeah. So I would definitely knew I wasn't buying this game, that's for sure. And I don't think I ever beat it as a kid. I, I really have no memory of the end of it. I I remember the end fights, but I, I like I said, I'm like, I don't remember if I beat it or not. <laughs> so then what was your more recent experience with this game? I beat it. Um, I cheated. I used the 10 lives code. Same. Uh, I saved between levels, but it was entirely unnecessary. Yeah, I, I did. Yeah. Um, at the very end, I could kind of see i don't know but we'll get there yeah i mean because the only thing i did was like since we still had an extra continue we just killed ourselves at the last level to make sure we had full, actually we had two extra continues so we just killed ourselves to make sure we had full lives going into that final final round yeah nice and you know um one thing i discovered too is that if you say die at shredder you start at Krang. Yeah, so, and you can continue I, I, from there. <laughs> I learned that as well. It was great. And, you know, like I said, we played it two-player the entire way in two sittings, and that's only because we started it so late the first time. 
we could have beaten this in one sitting, no problem. Yeah, I I beat it in one sitting as well. I wasn't planning on it, but although I will say I took breaks in between, you know what I mean, where I would stop for 10, 15 minutes mm-hmm. in between it levels sometimes. Does get a little little repetitive. <laughs> yeah, yeah. All right, folks, this is it, the general chat portion of our show. And I would just like to start by saying that if you had never played the arcade version before, then this game would be pretty phenomenal. Yeah, I mean, the strengths of uh, this game really are just that it's it's the Ninja Turtles. You know, it reminds me of the movie The Wolverine, where it was just post-X-Men Origins Wolverine, which was awful. And then this one, you know, it's the one where he's in Japan and stuff. And it wasn't yep. great, but it was good enough. And that's kind of what this game was, where it was like, well, it's two players. You got the turtles. And it's, you don't, there's no damn level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. But yeah, I agree with you. I mean, it's not phenomenal. And it doesn't have the depth of like uh, some brawlers that you would see on there, like River City Ransom. Yeah. Yeah. But it does do a great job of conveying the graphics of the arcade game, the turtles all look good. The bosses look pretty good for the most part. And you do go through a lot of levels and it's gotten pretty good sound. And you got the sound, the, the theme song from the show. Yeah. If this would have come out instead of the first uh, Ninja Turtles game, I think people would have really, really embraced it. Yeah. I mean, I remember this being well liked all around. So, you know, it's just when you really look at it comparatively to like even the first Double Dragon has more going on. You know, like, yeah, I mean, that is the biggest problem is that it is very shallow. Like, you know, in most brawlers you or beat em ups, you you can pick up weapons. You know, obviously, that doesn't make sense here. You already have weapons. Not that your attack range seems to indicate that. But like Leonardo and Donatello are comically short. Like it looks goofy because, you know, it's a sword or a bow, but it's just that little swipe where I'm like, what angle are you attacking at? Yeah, it is a little weird. And the fact that you have no combos, no throws, uh, nothing like that does yeah. make the game pretty tedious as you move along through it. Yeah, it's it's it gave me a bit of a Bayou Billy vibe, <laughs> like where it's just over and over. Like, and again, they look great, but it's like you're going to fight about a million foot soldiers, different colors over and over constantly. And it's like it's thematically appropriate. But after a while, you're just like, all right. Here they come in waves of two or three, you know? Indeed. And like you said, they do look good, but you do want a little more variety. Now, pointing out the graphics, it's always hard to go from an arcade game, especially at this era, to NES, because the arcade was so much further ahead. And it's interesting when they try to mimic exact things that were in the arcade, like the fact that when the turtles stop, they stare at you. Yeah, yeah. In the arcade game, that looks great. On the home version, due to the limited palette they have, Half the turtles look like cyclopses when they do that. <laughs> yeah. Because the black separating their eyes just looks like one giant eye in the middle. Yeah, you know, and I feel like if the sprites had like a black outline, it would make them like pop more. You know what I mean? Or something. You know what I mean? Because everything oh, yeah. just kind of has this, you know, this is a very, very brown and gray game. <laughs> and then you've got the turtles and that's, you know what I mean? Where it's like, if I don't know, a little something to help it out, I think. Yeah. And even though it is later in the life of the NES, you can still see they're having trouble dealing with lots of different sprites on the same line. Yeah, yeah. Especially when two-player, if you're on the same line as a couple foot soldiers, everything's going to be flickering like like crazy. I can only imagine, yeah. I'm, I'm sure. Well, I mean, and that's the downside of many two-player games. Uh, now, another, I think, uh, positive to this game is they did try to make it a little longer. They added that extra level, which is a, a cool level, the, the ice or snow level. Yeah. 
And I think the addition of Baxter Stockman is really great. Agreed. And he looks great as well. Yeah. In fact, he looks really good because he was invented for this, where some of the bosses being ported over lose a little bit of like the charm, you know, like the rock creatures. Oh, definitely. Yeah. Um, But, you know, and and you got to give them points because they pulled a lot of these uh, images or, you know, sprite designs and stuff. They're straight out of the cartoon or, you know, even from the even the ones that aren't from the arcade game, you know, and they all are very faithful. So which is what you were really yearning for after (laughs) playing the first one. And you're like, ah, it's that fire leg again. Or yeah, what is this weird, weird stuff? No, for sure. Uh, And then, uh, you know, finally, the only other thing I want to point out is that uh, in this game, the boss fight against Shredder is still really sucky and just as cheap as the arcade. Yeah, it's it's the worst, man. That's the only time where I was like, I might have to save state here because... We did just in case. Yeah, same here. Uh, luckily, we we didn't have to, but we both, and as we'll find out later, uh, we beat it with one life apiece. So, oh, nice. It was not like we just breezed right through it. Yeah, no, it was it was close at the end. If if it didn't let you continue right at <laughs> Krang or whatever, you know what I mean. I was I would have been like, all right, I'm saving here because I'm not going through this whole level again. You know. Oh yeah, for sure. Well, here we are in the level-by-level portion of the show, and this game has one, two, three, nine levels. Yeah, they're weirdly divided, though. Like, you know, there's some levels, they have them divided up into seven scenes, Yes, but there's really nine levels. It's kind of strange. And, you know, we're going to go very briefly over the levels because they're all walking from left to right. Yes. With no jumping and waves of enemies coming out that you then fight yes almost all the enemies are the same and (laughs) you know it's like each level you might get a hazard or two and we'll point those out to you but i'm sorry if we don't tell you how many pizza hut signs are in that first set of hallways oh and you know something i forgot to mention um is that i believe i didn't own this game so i did not get to take advantage of it but this game came with a coupon for a free personal pan pizza right it did it was on the back page of the booklet i do own this game it was sent to me on accident when i ordered uh, mega man 4 for my son for christmas last year okay uh and it was great and the guy was like i'm so sorry just keep it and i was like okay (laughs) so (laughs) sadly i did not get the coupon with it so But, you know, as uh, some of our younger fans may not realize, Pizza Hut was, uh, after the first movie, intrinsically tied to the Turtles. Because it was Domino's in the movie, right? I I think so. But on the video cassette of the movie, it had that Pizza Hut commercial at the beginning. So maybe it was Pizza Hut in in the movie. Now I feel like such a fool. I feel like it was Domino's in the movie, actually. Yeah. Um, but But I do know Pizza Hut is where you went to go get your coming out of the shells tour tape cassette oh, yeah. <laughs> and i did the the i got it and then i went straight from there to the wbn fireworks oh wow okay oh yeah my dad had a friend that got us uh onto the roof of a building downtown and i just remember jamming out to that that, that <laughs> album on my walkman loving oh, every man. second of it tubin man tubin forever yeah. <laughs> so Ugh. yeah lots of uh, allusion to pizza hut throughout this level and then uh, I did uh, go through and recently replay the arcade version as well with my daughter. And it's interesting to see all the things they try to emulate, like the fire effects in this first level where you are trying to save April O'Neil from her burning apartment building. Yes. 
And they do a pretty good job of recreating these things. I mean, the graphics are so gorgeous in the arcade game that they never will come close. No, yeah. But it's nice to see them try the little things like the fire, the doors breaking open. Uh, You've got the giant wrecking balls rolling down the stairwells at you. Yeah, they're huge. I don't know what's going on with the foot, but they are rolling giant death balls down the stairs. So beware of them. And another funny thing about the home version is that a lot of things are embiggened in this game just so that they can get them graphically on the screen not only like those balls but like you'll see later on the the party wagon and a couple other things Mm, sure yeah but you know this whole level is just walking down this hallway fighting wave after wave of mainly purple uh foot clan soldiers yeah they will break down doors or come out of elevators sometimes and attack you um i think you fight i do like the the fact that when they come out of the elevator it says ding yeah yeah (laughs) And you'll see uh, mostly purple, but there's some blue ones who can throw knives. I think you might see some white ones here, too, with swords. Swords, yeah. And then at the very end of the level is a set of those little robots. Oh, yeah, with the roadkill Rodneys. Yeah, and man, they do not look nearly as cool as they do in the arcade version, but they do have both of the attacks, which is pretty phenomenal. Yeah, they have their laser rope and... It electrifies you, it stuns you a bit, and then they shoot a laser beam at you. But they're easier to take care of in this version because you just have to wait for them to get near a wall and then beat the crap out of them. Yeah, you can corner them and then they'll just keep spawning and trying to move through you. So you could just you can take them down pretty quick. And then your boss of this level. Do you know what those things are called that the Foot Clan rides? The drill, the drill <laughs> vehicle. I don't know what they're called, but I always love them. Me too. Well, that drill vehicle pops right through the floor of April's apartment as she just stands there looking befuddled. And (laughs) in front of her, you fight Rocksteady, the rhinoceros. Yes, a very large uh, mutant boss. He has a machine gun that he will shoot at you. He He can shoot it straight ahead or up at an angle. So any kind of jump kicking is tricky. Yeah. Uh, Basically, you want to when he shoots straight across, that's when you want to do the the jump kick to hit him. Yeah. He also has a charge attack. But you can jump over it. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Unfortunately, most bosses, if you use your special attack on them, you will get hit afterwards almost every time. Yeah, so you can't. Now, the arcade game was one of, also one of the earlier games I remember that instead of a health meter, gave you the flashing red meter. The more you hurt oh, yeah. a boss, the faster it flashes. And they try to recreate that in this game, but it it it's just like towards the very end of its life, it turns like a pinker shade of whatever it was yeah like you said at the very end of your life because there will be bosses and i'll be fighting them and be like man i am i even hurting it <laughs> like well you know you are because they're flashing they they do flash when you hit them yeah but it just did i'm like this is not adding up and then it's like yeah. it would start flashing all at once and then be dead a second later pretty much yeah it's always too little too late and they just didn't have the gradients i think to go through the different colors with them yeah but you know first boss you should be able to handle him fairly easily I mean, honestly, if if you're using the 10 lives code, then you can probably trade punches with most of these bosses. Yeah. Uh, once you defeat him, you move on to the second level or scene two. I, I forgot to mention, what was the name of scene one? Because they all have kind of fun names. It's like we got to get April or something. You usually get a little interstitial, too. Where it'll show you like, OK, you know, like when you beat Rocksteady, then Shredder jumps in and grabs. He jumps in through a window, grabs her and jumps out. Yeah, and this, they're all trying to recreate the cutscenes from the arcade game. Yeah, and I think they do fine. Um, you know, it, it does kind of keep you moving, like, on this adventure. You know what I mean? It, it's uh, it's pretty cool. It's much better than just level, level, level. Yeah. And scene two is, come on, after that shredder creep. That's right. And you're here on the streets of New York City. 
And it's kind of cool because you do have the manhole covers where enemies will jump out of the manhole. And if there's an empty hole, you can fall in them. Yeah, well, so watch out for that. Now, again, this is just more and more foot soldiers. They do an interesting thing where you do like scroll downwards while walking for a little bit. Which is strange because it acquires this almost isometric angulature where you're pressing down, but you're actually moving diagonally down Yeah, to the right. It's kind of strange. Um, uh, there is one slice of pizza in this level, but oddly enough, it's not near the Pizza Hut signs at the end. No, no. Watch out for the signs also because they will fall down, revealing a hidden foot soldier behind it. A new form of so foot soldier. The yellow boomerang foot soldier. Yes. So beware the boomerang. They're just as easy as the others. <laughs> yes. And at the very end is Bebop, right-hand man to Rocksteady. Yeah. Uh, you fight him in a little alley by a beat-up car. He jumps down. Um, I feel like he's easier than Rocksteady. Yeah, because shoot, he does have a, his little laser gun that will shoot, but he only shoots it forward. He doesn't shoot up at an angle, right? Yeah, it's that ripple beam. Yeah, it is a ripple. <laughs> and I felt like well, this guy, you could just, you know, as long as you took you took your time you could get a couple hits in and then run away pretty good jump away pretty good yeah and i mean that's kind of the key to all of them it's because if you think you're gonna get more hit than one or two hits off you're getting hit in return you know yeah just don't even try it no it just just take your time take them down and once you do you get to move on to the next scene or next level and that's in the sewers yeah um there is a manhole cover in bebop's alleyway that you then jump down and you are in your home turf, so they say. Yeah, which is pretty cool uh, because there's water here that you can jump into. No trouble. Yeah. And this is where you see the Mausers for the first time. Yeah, you'll see them come out of, they'll start eating a hole through the background and then they'll start popping out. But if you're quick on your feet, you can get right there and then blast them with a special attack as soon as they land one by one. So I, I'd, I'd had no troubles with these. Yeah, I think the arcade version, these guys are way more annoying. I could see that. Uh, also in this level, you have some like, the falling spikes, kind of a, like a portcullis, mm -hmm, mm -hmm. but they look, it looks awful in this version. <laughs> yeah. They're, uh, they're just like th four lines that move up and down. Yeah. And you just have to, you know, get close, walk under them. Uh, it really makes you wish you had a dash or, or something, you know? Oh, I forgot to mention how much I wanted to dash so often in this game. Yeah. More, even more so than, than extra attacks or anything. I was like, man, if I could just move faster. <laughs> Cause you just creep along so often. And at the end, you creep up to Baxter Stockman as a human. Yeah, he flies around in a little techno pod, pod trouble bubble looking thing. Except for the only way to hit him is by jump kicking. Yeah, so he, this is a boss that's like annoying, but not hard. No, in fact, they're like, oh, man, I got a jump kick. This is gonna be hard. There's Mausers everywhere. No, it doesn't matter because you kill the Mausers when you land the jump kick. Yeah, and and I. Does he attack? I don't even remember if he attacks you because it's well, just so much jump kicking. I never got hit and we killed him. Yeah, it wasn't it was not hard at all. It is, like I said, frustrating because it's he's moving not only up and down, but into and out of the background. You know what I mean? So making sure you're on the same plane. So sometimes it's harder to hit him. But again, it's easy to not take any damage. So and this is a point where I'm not sure if the bosses have more health when you're playing two players. But just the fact you have two in, two characters to do damage or to distract for the, the landlock bosses, it makes a lot, a lot of them fairly easy. This guy was just we just two people jump kicking. He was taken <laughs> care of pretty fast. It's over. It is. And then you move on to a level that is made specifically for the home version. Yes. 
Let's melt snow and rebuild New York City. Scene three. Yes. So uh, you're in Central Park, I guess. Uh, yes. And for some reason, boulders are falling from the sky. Well, and it's snowy now, too. So, <laughs> yep. Maybe they've got some sort of weather machine. I think that. Yeah. Let's go with that. Now, uh, they've taken some snow plows and instead of plows, they've uh, put spiked rollers on the front of them. Yeah. So watch out for those. They're pretty quick, too. You want to. I got hit by them. almost all of them. Yeah, if you're, yeah. and then there are uh, hidden manholes covered in snow, but you can still see them fairly easily. Mm -hmm. Enemy wise, more of the same. I think you might get some white ninjas here. Yeah, I think uh, there's some roadkill Rodneys here, right? Yep. Uh, but more importantly, at the very end is a brand new boss for the game. And that is Tora, a character I think that was created for this game. Yes, I believe he was. Uh, he appears to be a like a white wolf, a winter wolf, or maybe a polar bear. In a really rockin' black leather jacket. Yeah, he looks like a Ramon. Um, <laughs> I mean, I, I really actually do like the design of this guy. He looks like he could fit in with, like, the other Bebop and Rocksteady quite well. Yeah, totally. Uh, and he doesn't really... What's he have? Freezing breath or something? Oh, does he? I don't think he ever used that on us. Did I just make that up? I don't know. Well, he's not a very tough boss. <laughs> it's just a simple... It's another one of these big, tough, slow-moving... Well, he's so slow and he has no range attack that, like, if you jump kick and then run, jump away, like, you'll never get hit. Oh, he throws rocks at you, I think is what he does, Nick. Mm, yeah, that's those rocks that Those rocks that come earlier, one lands on his hands, and when he's doing that, you just stay away from him. But they're also easy to dodge when he throws them at you. Yeah. Yes, and because it's like when you do beat him, there is that weather machine. There's that pod. Oh, that's what that pod is. We were trying yeah. to figure out what that pod was. We're like, why is this pod here? Yeah, yeah. So that turns New York back to normal. Okay, thank goodness. Well, luckily, once you defeat him, you can move right on to a parking garage. <laughs> yeah. And, well, it's a parking garage, so you know some of these cars are going to come to life and try to run you over. Yep. Is it just the orange ones? I think it is just the orange ones. They're fast, though, so watch out. <laughs> like I got hit by them a couple times as well. I'm not going to lie. Yeah. Uh, if you're ready for it, it's not bad, but... Now, the cool part is a couple of the tractor trailers, the doors will pop open and guys will jump out of there. Mm -hmm. But at the very end of the level is poor April O'Neil tied up against the wall, a piece of pizza, but more importantly, Baxter Stockman in fly form. Yes, uh, looks pretty cool, too. He looks awesome. But again, these flying enemies are pretty easy. Oh, yeah. And he's one where it's like he shoots after you hit him. So you jump kick him and then just keep moving. And you'll never get hit. Pretty much, yeah. That's what we found. Or he has a, and he has a fly swatter attack too. Yep, two shots and a fly swatter, but just keep jumping, keep kicking, and he won't know what hit him. You save April, and then you move on to the next level, the highway. Yes, sir. And on this highway, you better watch out because the Foot Clan has stolen the Neutrinos car. <laughs> yeah, it's like a, what is that, like a 57 Chevy looking car or something? Yeah, except for like, 10 feet wide. <laughs> hey, they made them big back then, man. They do. Uh, those will hit you. A couple of them did hit me. There's some motorcycle guys. Those are cool because you can kick them off their motorcycle uh, Akira style, which yeah. is awesome. Yeah, it's pretty sweet. Uh, and you also run into some uh, big old tires. Yeah, uh, and they are concealing foot soldiers who will stand up and wing a giant tire at you. Which I think is pretty cool, but you can uh, kick the tires. You can, like, once they throw them at you, you can destroy the tire. Yeah, yeah. And then the second half of the level is a, I, I want to say auto-scrolling, but I mean, it's really just 
Yeah, you're, you're, you are on the cheapskate, uh, the turtles powered skateboard. Yeah, which my kids were like, "What? That has a name?" And then I had explained to them the entire cheapskate situation. <laughs> you're like, "There's also a joke." Yeah, and uh, you fight some helicopters on it. Yeah, they will come down at an angle and fire bullets, jump over the bullets. I, you know, a lot of times they'll come at a weird angle that you can stand behind them and then ping them a few times while you're waiting for them to move, and then and jump they drop over like the a bullet. a series of bombs as well. Mm-hmm. If there's two of you, these things don't last long at all. No, they're not very hard. Uh, I expected more difficulty from them. And as, as you kill a couple of those, uh, the turtle van goes flying off the side of the road. Well, no, it's even better because it pulls up and you get in. And it's giant. And then it cuts to the next scene and it just shows it like blasting through the side of a bridge and you're flying off of it. I, I laughed out loud when I saw that. In the front. <laughs> Yeah. And then the next level starts with... Uh, the turtle van crashed at the beginning. Yeah. I it's, wish. Se- it's scene five. Come on, let's bust this joint. And they give you no narrative explanation for what just happened. Well, they are uh, they are teenagers, so they probably do not have their license. That's true. So right away, sadly, the Mausers are kidnapping Splinter, and he looks extra goofy on his back being carried away by them. Yeah, yeah. Looks kind of like a, like a goat man, like a satyr or something. And he's carried away by these Mausers. He's just like laying on their head. You know, like ants in old Looney Tunes would steal sandwiches and yeah. just show them marching underneath. <laughs> yeah, it's, it is great. Now, what's cool is you get Mausers coming up out of the ground in this level. That's right. You see Mausers. You see a few things new here. There's some laser beams that will shock you. Yeah, but the first set of them, you can just go over them. Like there's a, a platform to walk <laughs> around them. So they're not any trouble at all. Nope. Uh, you do have a new enemy here, the little, like, three-legged pod robot. Yeah. And they look great. Yeah. Um, they usually drop in, like, sequences of, you know, three or four or whatever. Um, and if you're quick, you can blast them all with a special attack and kill them as soon as they land. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. you can keep up with the, the tide. Yeah. And, and with two players, it's even easier. Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Uh, you get some cool interests from some foot soldiers through some windows. They bust out. And then a... Uh, one of those drill vehicles pops up and even more and, and a whole new wave of enemies comes out of it. Yeah, I think here's where you'll see those little helicopter fly bots that shoot at you. They come out and whiz around. They're pretty weak, but they are quick and annoying. And at the very end, you have these like laser pillars that come down from the ceiling. Yeah. And move up and down. They can be attacked, but I just ran past them. If you creep up, if you're at the bottom of the screen, you can hit them and before they'll move. Uh-huh. And I mean, they're not bad either way, but they, they don't take as much damage as you might think. And you'll turn them orange and then they just kind of freeze. OK. And then at the very end is the boss of this level, the gray rock dude. Does he have a name? Yeah. Granitor. Granitor. And he looks pretty goofy in this version. He does. But um, if you didn't I mean, know this th- was a rock man, you would think this was a robot as my children did. Yeah. Yeah. But then again, if you're if you're familiar with the cartoon, uh, they did stick with his visual design, you know? Yes. He has that kind of beak-like face. Yeah. And he has a, a gun that he shoots at you, and he swats you with as well. His gun is a flamethrower. That's what it was. Yeah. But um, he's really slow. Yeah, I don't remember. I remember he's one of the ones I would just kind of got s- sucked into hitting with special attacks because you could get two or three and then get hit. And I was like, I don't know if this is worth it, but it seemed to be. For us, it was like, jump, kick him, jump away. Jump, kick him, jump away. Mm. We were just taking turns doing that for what seemed like a very long time. Yeah, I was always too impatient, you know? <laughs> I don't blame you. And he has Splinter tied up on the wall to the right. Yes, and once you've defeated him, you free Splinter. And then you can go, I guess, on your way to destroy the Foot Clan? Um, 
But before you get to the Technodrome, you get to go to scene six. Let's defeat the enemy's ninja magic. Oh, yes. This is the... Uh... The level where you're now in Japan. Yeah, you're in a... a, a this is a new level, right, for yep. the game? Um one of my favorite things about this level is uh, since it's a traditional Japanese type level, you've got the tatame mat floors, you've got the sliding doors, and, you know, the foot soldiers are all hiding behind those doors. The only thing that makes this uh, level any bit hard is that there's these lanterns that you can kind of get trapped in next to or between. Mm -hmm. They're a little bit annoying, but um, I also like when the foot soldiers pop out of the floor. Yeah, yeah. Uh, this does have a, a horrible part, too, at the end where there's like those spikes coming out of the floor. I didn't did not know how to not get hit by those. Not me either, because they're they're random, right? So yeah, I just kept jumping across. And then when you're done with those spikes, then you get to deal with uh, these magical tigers that come out of the pictures behind you. Yeah, they are weird to fight too. Like sometimes I, when they would attack me, you know, I could just keep hitting them, and they would just, you know, I would hit them like three or four times, and it'd be great. And then but sometimes then they would do like a big pounce. Yeah. There's no way of, of of hitting. We found that the exact same thing where if you're playing two players, you could kind of get them in a string where the other player would the first player would hit them. And when they land, the second player could knock them. And if you could, like, keep that combo going, you get more hits on them. But they yeah. were pretty obnoxious because a lot of times they run in from the from off screen and you don't know where they're going to be. So you just yeah. are just waiting for them to line up with you enough to hit them. True that. And then after that are these weird scorpion robots that yeah. we, we just beat off screen mainly. Yeah, because they'll just keep coming flat like right yeah so i just was like well I'm, I'm hitting something and then eventually i killed it and i guess there was more of those robots but i i never saw them and then your boss of this area is the shogun he does <laughs> he's lucky luckily there is a piece of pizza waiting for you but i will say this when you're playing two-player they do not increase the number of pizza pieces mm, they get so you. only one of you gets that pizza yeah and this boss is super weird. Yeah, it's a big, uh, he's got like a spear, a, a naganata. Yeah, he's like a robot samurai. Yeah, he has good range with that thing. And then eventually his head starts flying off and attacking you. And we weren't sure at that point, like, what are we attacking, him or his head? Right, right. The answer is him. Just yeah. ignore the head. Yeah. Um, after that, you like when you beat him, he kind of explodes. And then you see like a robotic skeleton inside. And that looks pretty awesome. Yeah. Uh, this one we just traded blows with because, like, we knew we had one more level after this. And I was like, well, at the end of the beginning of the next level, we're just going to die anyways. So, right. Yeah. No, to I, reset our life counter. I did that quite a bit as well. And then finally, you get to scene seven. We got to find the Technodrome, which I never really thought about. But my son pointed out that drome is a weird way of ending that word. Oh, I know, man. He's well, like, it's I, not the Technodome. I was like, no, it's the drome. It's like the Terror Drome or. An aerodrome, you know? <laughs> yeah, I had no explanation for him. But uh, you do get to see yourselves assaulting it. You jump inside, and then you got to make your way through this mechanical maze of mayhem. Just kidding. It's a straight line. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, lots of foot soldiers here. You'll see many familiar hazards. The guns coming from the ceiling. There's lasers in the background. Uh, there's revolving doors that they come out so slowly it's comical. <laughs> yeah. And they look like they're chained to it, like a prisoner, until they get off. Yeah, it's crazy. And and there's the little guns or, or a sprayer that pops up and freezes you. I hate those guys. Yeah, I got frozen so. more often than I would like to admit. And then uh, there is the hilarious elevator here towards the back end of it. They tried their best to make that elevator look good, but it does not. No, it's just like you're, you're on a flat plane moving down. And while you're on it, you have to just dodge a bunch of bowling balls, but it seems pretty easy. It is. I, I mean, and I thought it was. 
And then at the very end, you do have to fight a boss, uh, General Trag. Yes. He's a little, he's kind of one of the tougher ones too, I think. Yeah, he shoots rockets at you. Yeah. I I was straight up just like special attacking him and just trying to, you know, because I could get a few off before he would hit me, so. Gotcha. But, you know, you defeat him and he's right in front of a door. And then when you move through the door, you are in a, a big room that, you know, cartoon viewers might recognize as the big portal to Dimension X. And who comes out of that portal? Why, it's Krang. Yeah, Krang in his his full robot body. Heck yeah. And he looks pretty good, I gotta say. And he's yeah. got a, a wave of attacks. He's got a, a, a kick, eye lasers, his rocket mm-hmm. fists. Mm-hmm. And I saw him... One of the FAQs I read said he was the hardest boss of the game. And I was like, what are you talking about? Uh, he takes forever to kill, I think. He so just has a ton that. of health. But I felt like he was pretty easy to avoid most of his attacks. It's like as I long as so you too. hit, hit, and then run, that's yeah. it. Yeah. Like you just never try to get more than two hits on him. Just don't get greedy and let the fight go on and on and on. And on. And eventually you will defeat the body that Krang was in, but not the brain in the belly. <laughs> right, right. Because it will tell you that he's invincible, and then he'll fly off back to the, the Dimension X. Mm, he got I keep away. wanting to say negative zone, because I've been reading so much Fantastic Four lately. <laughs> then after that, who comes through but Shredder? Yeah, Shredder steps out of that portal, and I had actually forgotten about his attacks. Oh, me too. Um, <laughs> he comes out with his sword, and you're like, oh, I forgot he's got a sword. This is going to be rough. And he swords at you a couple times. But that's yeah. not the problem. The problem is that he then splits in two. Yeah. And there's a clone. Mm-hmm. And you're like, okay, well, I don't know what to deal with is that yet. I'll just say we'll both attack one and see what happens. The real problem is when he shoots out his little three-way beam at you. Because yeah, it looks like electricity. Yeah, like a lightning, triple lightning bolt. But it's not. No, if he hits you, you are dead. You get de-evolved into a turtle. And that's it. Life over. Doesn't matter how much health you have. Yes, that sucks. <laughs> it sucks so bad like that fight that's what makes this fight the worst is there's the one hit kills because the real fight is just avoiding those beams like at all costs never be around a beam yeah yeah you you want to keep moving um eventually you'll knock his his helmet off yeah and when you've knocked a helmet off does that mean you've unmasked the clone I'm I'm not sure. I I even had a hard time telling what I was doing, but same here. And because like the way we looked at it was like once you've knocked the helmet off, when you defeat the one without the helmet, eventually it goes away and the other one splits in two again. Yeah. So like we would try to knock the helmet off and then focus our efforts on the one that had its helmet still on. Yeah. Yeah. I'm. I found this fight to be confusing. Mostly, um, it it's, doesn't go on quite as long as Krang's fight, but. It does, like, it's got those lightning bolts, so it was just all about, like, just, I'll be fine. I have nine lives, pretty much. You know, maybe eight if Krang was rough, but, uh, you know, just don't get hit by that by that lightning. And you will, though. I mean, it's almost impossible not to at certain points. Yeah, it's tough to avoid. And it is a three-way bolt, so if you're on the opposite side of the screen and it doesn't hit you at first, like, freeze. Don't move, because that <laughs> means it's, it's going around you. Yeah. Uh, and it's just a, uh, you know... If you can avoid those bolts, the fight isn't that hard. I don't remember him doing much damage to the other with his normal attacks. Yeah, um, same here. It's it's kind of a lopsided fight in that way. It is indeed. And you eventually can defeat Shredder. Once you have destroyed Shredder, the Technodrome explodes in a pretty spectacular yes. fashion. 
Yeah. Uh, you get a nice little epilogue that tells you the freaked, you freaked the foots, mangled the Mausers, and totaled the Technodrome. That is turtle power. It is. But what about the Shredder and Krang? Burned to toast? Vaporized to milkshake? Because that's a phrase used often. Or escape to Dimension X? We'll never know. <laughs> Everything's left in questions. And then you get a great little ending scene where the credits and a congratulations are spelled out on like a little signboard outside of a building. And in the background, you get to see the turtle blimp slowly flying by mm-hmm. and little portraits of all the turtles uh, rotating through a, j- a jumbotron screen in the background. Pretty cool. And I really like these little portraits. I was bummed that they never showed up anywhere else in the game. Yeah, it seems like a waste. And if you wait long enough, the final little screenshot is of Shredder himself, Ooh. which takes you to the standard game over screen, which is very colorful. Hmm. Well, this is it, the final portion of our show, the review portion. And of course, we use the classic Nintendo Power Review System that has four categories, each category a possible score from zero to five, starting with graphics and sound. Nick, I gave this game a 3.5. I went with a 3.0, but I was I was on the fence. You know, I thought the graphics were pretty good all around. There's not a ton of sprites, but at least the different Foot Clan enemies have different weapons and whatnot. They're just they're not just reskins. Yeah. Um I wish the bosses were better animated. Like the sprites look good and very faithful. And I think the music is pretty good, uh, but not great, you know. And they do work the cartoon theme in a lot of good ways, so but not too much. That's the best part. Yeah, I was expecting to be sick of it by the end, but I actually wasn't. Same. Next up is Play Control, and I gave it a 3.0. I went 2.5, but, you know, same ballpark. I mean, my only comments are, you can't do much, but it doesn't ask for much. Yeah, I, I it's it's all right, you know. I mean, nothing I was able crazy. to do all of the things that I could do when I wanted. Yeah, yeah. Following that is Challenge Factor. Well, here I went. <laughs> I actually think if you were playing this without the code, like that final fight with Shredder would be really hard. So I, I'm th- I went with a 4.5. Really? I went with a 2.0 because I think that would be the only hard part of the game. Yeah, but I think it would be really hard. Like I, I, I can't imagine doing it and only dying twice, you know? True. But if you have been playing throughout to get there, there's a great chance you would have more than two lives. I feel like. Well, I mean, like I went through whenever I continued, I had like my score was like 500. You know what I mean? Like, I I think in total, you'll probably end up with about four extra lives through the course of the game. And while that boss fight is really hard, I think the difference is that we played it two player. and You played it one player. Oh, I guess that could be true. Yeah, because when you're playing two player, the bosses are always easier. Yeah, that's true. Like, I mean, most of the bosses aren't bad, but it's hard to a lot of them. It is tough to defeat them without taking a lot of damage, you know? Yeah. Then finally, we have theme and fun. And I went with a a 2.5, but that might be a little generous. Like That is what I gave it as well. I mean, I I thought it was it was better than I expected it to be, to be honest with you. I, I think it's pretty well themed, you know, but it's just the the main gameplay while it's it's all done pretty well it's just so boring like it is pretty repetitive uh yeah most of that score does go to how the all the levels look different the new levels are fun and and, you know you got a snow level now but no sliding and slipping just the 
pure aesthetics of it. I don't know. It's just one of those things that like uh, was much better at the time. I think now, you know, now it's like we've seen so many better turtle games that you're like, well, and, and this one is so plain. At least the the first NES Ninja Turtles game was kind of had some interesting ideas it was trying to play with, you know? It was definitely trying for a lot of things. <laughs> yeah. And so I ask, as I always do at the end of every show, Nick, should you play this game? Yeah, probably. I think it's worth a shot, you know? You know, I said probably not. Uh, I said if you have access to any version of the arcade game, play it instead. Well, okay. If you don't, then play this one. But this doesn't this offer anything new to the equation. No, no, no. I think really I, the only people I would truly recommend it to would be like for nostalgia for this, where you're like, oh, you know, I used to have it and go back and play it a little bit. But I don't know. It just doesn't really seem to hold up that well because it's it's boring, you know? <laughs> yeah, yeah I, I definitely understand. Next week's game will be Gun Knack for the Nintendo Entertainment System. So find a copy of that game any way you can, folks. Grab your controllers and play along. That's right. If you want to get a hold of us and uh, let us know, how do you hold your, your controllers? Do you use the, the keyboard, the fingers, or thumbs on the A's and B's? Let us know at cartridgecommand at gmail.com. Yes, if you're all thumbs, let us know. If you're <laughs> thumbs and fingers, that's okay, too. Uh, you can tell us at Facebook at Cartridge Command or on the Twitterverse at Cart Command. We'd love to hear from all of you. And we must always thank those awesome and fine folks that give to us at Patreon.com slash Cartridge Command. It is their hard-earned dollars that they throw a few at us every month that makes this show possible. So if you like the show and you don't already give, consider doing so, because uh, the more we get, the more we can make. And we'd love to expand this Cartridge Command empire, but without your support, we're just going to keep doing our average guy jobs, working <laughs> for the man. Indeed. So thank you all so very, very much. And as always, Cartridge Commandos, Game, game On! on.